0: here. At 4th Avenue, we come from a very wide variety of religious backgrounds, and some came here with a very mixed or even no religious background at all. Because of that, I need to introduce you to some Church of Christ DNA. Very early on in the American Restoration Movement, which is more and more commonly today called the Stone Campbell Movement, it was decided that we would not bind creeds on people. That instead, we, would, we even said, we have no creed but the Bible. The word creed comes from a Latin credo, which means I believe. Churches had gotten to the point where they were drawing these elaborate creeds out that uh, defined who they were, but also defined that they weren't any of these other groups. They had become a very divisive thing. And so, in one of our earliest foundational documents, which is uh, Thomas Campbell's writing of 1809, the Declaration and Address, and we'll apologize, this is 1809 English, by the way. It hadn't gotten americanized yet. So, uh, there, there will be some deep waters here, but we will get through this. This was a document he wrote and gave to his son to see if his son would understand why he left denominations and just wanted to be called a Christian and Alexander Campbell his son was one of the ones who founded this congregation in 1833 agreed with this this statement there are actually 12 propositions we're only going to look at a couple of them that although inferences and deductions from scripture premises when fairly inferred may truly be called the doctrine of God's holy word Yet they are not formally binding on the consciousness of Christians farther than they perceive the connection and evidently see that they're so. For their faith must not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power and veracity of God. Therefore, no such deductions can be made terms of communion, but do properly belong to the after and progressive edification of the church. We'll talk about this. Hang on. Hence, it is evident that no such deductions or inferential truths ought to have any place in a church's confession. We'll stop there, take a little breather. Here's what he's saying He's saying that when you read scripture, sometimes you can say, All right, I look at this, and I look at this, and from these, I can infer this. And he said that may very well be the doctrine of God. However, if somebody beside you is reading this and reading this and cannot see that connection and doesn't draw that inference, we don't bind it on them. Because we are all Christians at different places in our journey. So there's not a creed that you have to say, I agree with all of these things, or you're out. He goes further, as you feared he would that although doctrinal exhibitions of the great system of divine truths and defensive testimonies in opposition to prevailing errors be highly expedient, and the more full and explicit they be for these purposes, the better. Yet, as these must be in a great measure the effect of human reasoning, and of course must contain many inferential truths, they ought not to be made terms of Christian communion, unless we suppose what is contrary to fact, that none have a right to the communion of the church, but such as possess a very clear and decisive judgment or are come to a very high degree of doctrinal information. For as the church from the beginning did and ever will consist of little children and young men as well as fathers. Again, what's going on? We will not draw lines and say, unless you agree with us on all of these things, you can't be here. And we will not baptize you. We're not going to have deep, involved, catechismal classes where you have to learn the proper answers. Even if you don't understand the answers, you know how to give the answers before we admit you to communion. We don't do that. It's very much simplified, as Ralston brought up very well today. Follow Jesus. Look like Jesus, look at Jesus, follow Jesus. That's who we are and that may look a little different for you than for me. I know my, uh, some of my brothers and sisters in Christ who will come to me and say, if you look at everything, you can tell that these are the last days. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't see that. I don't see that. That inference, I don't draw. They might be my last days. I look in the mirror, and I can, I can buy that. But the last days, I'm not really concerned, actually, about when the end of time is going to be. I'm I'm very concerned about the end of my time, but planetary-wide, not so much. Other people, they're very interested in this. So what are we going to state is the doctrine of our church? We're not. We're going to say, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Praise, Praise God, praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as it says in another place, which, because I love you, I will not read... Of the Declaration and Address, it says all are Christians if they are evident in their life that they are. That's what we look for. We cannot take any of our inferences and deductions and make them law, binding on anyone. Everyone has the right to read scripture and work out their own salvation, as scripture says. If they see something as binding, they are to bind it on themselves. And not on someone else. The scripture tells us that those that doubt are damned if they eat. In other words, if you see it and it's plain to you, do this. But don't bind it on another. And if the others don't see it, doesn't mean that you don't see it either. You're allowed to see it. You're allowed to work here. This is, this is so hard for us sometimes. We will have, um, well, I'm going to back out of that and come at it a different way. We've been in the States now since 85, I have never asked any church that I have served to support mission work in Scotland. Why? Because that's very important to me, but it might not be to you. Nicaragua might be more important to you, Honduras might be important to you, inner city Memphis might be more important to you. I'm not going to take what's important to me and bind it on you. The same with some of the songs. I I, I drove here today and you know those wee stickers that have the 26-point, you know, thing I, I like the one that goes 29.1 and underneath it says, I got lost. I love that one. I do. <laughs> but I, I was behind, I, I still don't know exactly how this was accomplished, but behind an SUV today that had a circle that said 100 miles. and I'm going, you know, I had, a, I had an SUV like that once, that we celebrated if it made 100 miles, but I don't think that's what they're talking about. I, if you're into running, great, that's, that's fine. I'm not gonna run with you. I've had people say, let's go, let's go play basketball. And I'll say, well, uh, one, two, it's not part of my culture, don't quite get the game. It does seem to be better played by people with thyroid disorders, but um, the, then they'll say, well, no, no, it'll be fun. It'll be six o'clock in the morning. And no, 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 nothing's fun at six o'clock in the morning ever uh, ever we lived on we lived on the beach and people would say well lived on the on the coast rather and people would say oh the sunrises are wonderful and i said probably (laughs) probably are i just i videotape the sunsets and run them backwards and uh i (laughs) i get the same thing we're not going to bind and and that's fun isn't it we're all doing this fun but what if you find something in scripture and you go this is it cannot bind it on another unless they see this is it. Romans chapters 14 and 15 are very explicit about this. They insist we have no right to judge those who bind and loose what we don't bind and loose. And that's why we stepped away from creeds. We didn't want a human statement to define us when we had a book given to us by God that gave us all we need. You might have to dig. You might have to mine this book but it's there. And if you're pointed toward Jesus and saturated with Jesus, you're gonna get where you need to be. The Holy Spirit will make sure of that. We also stepped away from creeds because some of them became very divisive, adding all of these inferential truths that you had to agree to before they let you to the communion. That's why one of our earliest leaders, the Stone-Campbell movement, Barton W. Stone got in trouble with his presbytery, when he was a, uh, a minister for uh, a denomination, Whenever they, he asked, do you adhere to the Westminster Confession of Faith? And his response was, as far as it is consistent with the word of God. And he got in trouble for that. Isn't that amazing? By the 1800s, creeds had just gotten out of control. Each group adding more and more. If you look up Westminster Confession of Faith today, you'll find it consists of 33 chapters. That's a lot. But if you go to Roman Catholic canon law, well over 1,000 statements, it's actually the way you parse them, can be well over 3,000 statements, backed up by 43 courts that adjudicate these rules that's a lot the old testament only had 610 or 613 according how you count them new testament has love god and love each other isn't it interesting how we we add the barnacles to the bottom of the boat eventually become bigger than the boat the earliest creeds accepted by believers were single page or less we're going to look at those creeds in great detail in the weeks and months to come. And you might be wondering why. Well, for the same reason that when the Green Bay Packers were an embarrassment and a joke, they hired a guy named Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi came into the locker room and looked at this sorry group. And he grabbed the ball and he held it up. And he said, gentlemen, this is a football. Every so often, you have to reset. Every so often, you have to back up and reset. Just kind of like recommitting to, to your wife or your husband. And that doesn't have to be done with formal vows. Every so often, you just need to look across the table and think, well, they're cute. <laughs> and be interested in them again. Start over. Start looking again. So, Every so often, we need to see this is who we are. This is why we are this is where we are. In time, we'll look at two historic creeds, the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, but now we need to know something about our Bible. It's full of creeds. Let me explain that. It has creedal statements. Even early on, followers of Jesus knew they weren't going to be able to hold a Bible. Not for two or three hundred years, Where all the books gathered together, where you could even go see them, and most common people could not. All the way up until the 1600s, 1700s, if your church had a Bible, it was chained to the pulpit, literally, so nobody could take it because it couldn't be replaced. So, how do the common people know what to believe? Through song and creedal statements. We sing a theology but we also memorize some things. I have a three-year-old grandson uh, that is learning scripture. And it just amazes me because whenever they say, Ollie, what's your memory verse? He starts singing. Because by singing, he can memorize it. Just trying to memorize, he doesn't get it. Now, if if you're not understanding that, how about this? Do you ever, because I do, somebody mentions a passage and you're going, you pick up your Bible, and you have to go, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and letter, Romans. And, and, and so you're there, right? Or, or you're looking up something, and you have to do that. And, and so now you know where it is. The songs stick in there, don't they? In fact, we had a song for, I'm not going to do it, Genesis uh, through Malachi, and it really helped me. And then the last two churches we, we were in had a different tune for it, blew it up absolutely blew it up. I almost had to put my fingers in my ears when the kids were singing because it was messing up my ability to find Zechariah than one day I might want to. (laughs) Songs are creedal statements. They are ways of saying, I believe. Now, we're not going to do this in any particular order of importance. Today, what I want to do is just give you those of Paul Paul used creedal statements that were very well known in his day and inserted them repeatedly in his letters to remind people, come back, come back. What did we just do with doxology? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. It is a statement of faith resetting this is who we are to be. And I talked to Mark this morning, and Mark just does a brilliant job. There's just... He just does no wonder his daughter yells yay at the end of everyone i want i want her to go everywhere i play guitar Uh, because believe it or not i don't get that kind of reaction as a rule and i I want her to teach people how to praise god we're going to look at some of these praise statements such as the doxology such as the lord is in his holy temple let all the earth keep silent before him that's a creedal statement so going to start with 1 corinthians 15 3 and 4 for what i received i passed on to you as first importance here's where it starts christ died for our sins according to the scriptures he was buried raised on the third day according to the scriptures we believe this we believe this and so we say and in fact paul will go further and say that's all i know that is all i know and that is all I will know among you. He strips it way down. How about this one? A creedal statement to his son in the faith, Timothy. For there is one God. Read this with me. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. And again, because of the way we break up verses, that's, it seems a bit cloudy. You don't catch the creedal statement. The creedal statement starts, there is one God, and ends, ransom for all people. And it was known, it was stated. This is what people would say because they didn't own a Bible. They had to memorize what we believe, who we are. Here's a longer one, Colossians chapter 1. It's a complete creedal statement. Giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us, here we start, from the the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his Son the son he loves. By the way, some people ask, what version do I use? If I'm looking at this, the NIV. If I look away, it slides right back to the American Standard version of 1901 that I was raised with, and so I try to focus as best I can. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, the son, here we go, another creedal statement. He's stacking them. The son is the image of the invisible God from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy for god was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross let me just ask a very simple question what was left out of that that's the, that's what we believe That's who we are. A little bit of history. Stone believed Jesus Christ was a created being, the first thing created, the most powerful and important and perfect of all created, and then Jesus in turn created all things. That's known in history as Arianism, and it was rejected within the first few hundred years of the church. It raises its head every so often. Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, teach that same thing. And yet the group that Stone led merged with the group that Campbell led without solving that issue because both sides agreed Jesus was the son of God, has all authority, and we are to follow him. And so they were able to merge. That's fascinating, isn't it? because we say, well, no, this doctrine's way too important. And by the way, I would have been very uncomfortable with that merger, because I'm just saturated with the Trinity. Stone wasn't there yet, but his group got there, because the creedal statements, like we just read, eventually they believed. And how much does that sound like John chapter 1? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But we're not looking at that today. We're looking at Paul's statements. So, 1 Timothy three sixteen. Beyond question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world was taken up in glory. I would like for you to read that second half. That's the creedal statement that Paul puts in there with me. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. Do you see why these are so powerful? And they knew when they read these, These were their creeds, very much like in the book of Revelation, there are some verses that are cut out and put in verse form that, uh, according to people that study this sort of thing, were already hymns of the ancient church. The angels were singing our hymns, and there were creedal statements that the angels said with us. That's powerful stuff. We might want to know where these are. By the way, this reminds very much of, and we're going to leave Paul here and go to 1 John chapter 1. Let's read this together. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Amazing, isn't it? The power of reading these together, of knowing what these are, of knowing what you are saying are the very words that have been said for 2,000 years among the believers. It is, it is fascinating to me. I've never been to, to Israel, one of these days I'd like to go, but I've never been there. People ask me if you've been to the Holy Land and I'll say, do you mean Ireland? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> But they mean something completely different. And the Irish have a whole different concept of holy water we don't need to get into. um, I would like to go to Israel sometime and stand there. and, And with that realization that Jesus and his people stood right here. That Jesus walked down this way. That'd be amazing. But you don't have to go there to say the very words that his followers said. Because we have them. How about... Philippians chapter 2. It's a little bit longer, but I've always, since a boy, loved Philippians 2, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Read this with me. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. What are you feeling in your hearts when you read these words? It's a reset, isn't it? It's a, this is who we are. What if some of these were on the door before you left the house? And you made an agreement with yourself that every day this year, before you leave that house, before you go through this door, you will read these passages to reset who you are and what reality is. It's a superb statement of Jesus is the Son of God. He was not a created being. He is the creator. How about 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 6? Let's read it together. Yet for us there is but one God the Father from whom all things came and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things came and through whom we live. I had lunch with a Muslim a couple of weeks ago. He's a director of an institute in Atlanta. And he'd asked to meet. We had a lovely time, about an hour and a half of talking. And I talked to him about resetting your faith. And I said, here's where the Muslims have a great advantage on us. You have five times a day where you are legislated by your faith to stop and say there is one God and there is one prophet. And you remind yourself, I said, to Christians when we pray is optional and as many optional things are we often opt out I said at 4th Avenue we are doing a reset soon and he asked if he could attend and he may be here this morning I I said anytime we would love for you to see how we reset this is one of them by saying there is one God one Savior let's reset Colossians chapter 2 another recitation of a creed Paul is reciting this establishing the fact that Jesus has brought in a new kingdom a new way of life and by so doing has defeated Satan already Satan knows it he's not off the field but he knows he's defeated for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and in Christ you have been brought to fullness He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authority, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Wow. One more. And in fact, if I have searched enough and listened to the right scholars... This will be the last creedal statement that we read today because it'll be the last one he wrote, not in time, but rather in our collection of all of them. You will have heard then today every creedal statement that Paul included in his letters. So, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10. Let's read it together. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Do you see why we say no creed but the Bible? If it goes beyond this, it's binding too much, and yet we do, don't we? There are churches where you can only read one version of the Bible. Churches where you have to sing in a certain way. Churches where we can only organize in a certain way. Churches where you have to wear certain clothes and churches where they have all kinds of rules about what you can't do. We say, there is one Lord, he is Jesus. He died for us, canceling our debts, forgiving our sins. We are buried with him in baptism, raised to walk, as our lovely phrase says, in newness of life, we believe. And that makes all the difference. And so we begin. Mark, I'm going to step away and let you bring your team up. And so we begin. I did not have you do something today, which I was very much wanting to do. Down the road, we may try, but it was just a bit much today. In ancient Christian times, when the scripture was read, people stood. And I have been in African-American congregations uh, of disciples of Christ and Christian churches and a, a few churches of Christ where every time someone starts to read scripture or even quote scripture, there is no signal. People just stand. And I think we might want to start that, to drill it into us, These are the very words of God delivered to us. Let us show them respect, let them inside us, and let us live these words. Would you stand, please? We're going to look at other creedal statements in Scripture next week. We're going to examine the ancient creeds of the first few hundred years that still crystallize our faith into a minimum of words, and by so doing we'll be actively rolling back the 33 chapters of this creed or the 3,000 canon laws of another creed. For what the old creeds got right was this. They merely stated what Paul stated today. They merely stated the creeds in Scripture. For this, what we have said today, dear Father in heaven, is what we believe. Amen, church.